do you say, boys and girls? This is Bobby Blitz from Overkill. That's right. We're on Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, bam, bam. Diddly D. Well, we're back. That's right. It's me, Dr. Fuck, and with me is... Oh, yeah! Ian Wadley from Nashville. And we are back. That's right. And, uh, yeah, we've been, uh, for the first time ever, uh, we skipped not only one, but two weeks of new episodes, which we've never done. Uh, but, you know, uh, I had some issues, but uh, I've talked about my issues in graphic details on my radio show and thankfully there's a lot of listeners listening to me right now that tune in every week on my radio show and they know exactly what I went through I don't mean to be a douche to everybody else listening but it's a long fucking crazy story I ended up in the hospital and blah 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 so ask those people and they'll tell you all about it but uh I'm glad to be back I'm back 100% and uh I'm ready to roll dude what's up with you Ian not much, but uh, I, I just want to say uh, I'm happy to be back, and, and I'm glad that, uh, you know, people showed us a lot of support while we're out, and we're anxious for us to return, and and that always feels nice. But you, you hit on a very important uh, part where you said you stated all this on your radio show, and I, I want to stress that to all our listeners that, you know, besides the awesomeness we do here, we both have two incredible and incredibly different radio shows where people can interact with us you know way more than they can on this and the facebook page yeah you have the dr fuck show thursdays on that metal station at uh what's that uh 8 p.m eastern 8 p.m eastern till whenever (laughs) you go on for a very long time i'm on saturdays on soundforiaradio.com uh, 10 a.m. Central to 3 p.m. Central. And both of us have chat rooms where people can interact. And, you know, I get a lot of this, you know, people, well, can it be like the podcast where you record and I can listen to it whenever? No, we can't. Because when you play music, uh, you know, without us talking over and everything, you deal with copyright issues. And we cannot do that. It is illegal. And, you know, so... These are two shows, though, that I believe are worth setting time aside and listen to them live. And both of us, both of our shows, you know, you don't have to be stuck in front of your computer. Uh, you, you know, like, well, I can't sit in front of my computer. Man, with Bluetooth and all the apps, like TuneIn Radio and that metal station has their own app. And Soundphoria has a, uh, uh, a web page where you can listen to this shit. And then people are like, well, this doesn't work in that. You, no matter what, you can go into TuneIn Radio and type in that metal station or Sound 4 or Radio and listen to our shows. If you get in the chat rooms, you can talk to us and you can get a whole nother experience that's that's different than the podcast, but both, you know, are amazing fucking shows. But yet, uh, you know, we have a huge, uh, you know, podcast audience and only a small portion of that. I mean, still respectable, but a small portion uh, makes the radio shows too, and I'd like to see more of the listeners check these out because I think they would, you know, of course they're going to enjoy the music, but 
you know the 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 contact that they can have with us through the chat rooms and stuff and and hearing like your rants i know your fans love when you talk about the weekly events and your rants and you know when i do my thing and you know there's a big portion of our fans that are missing out on extra awesomeness i don't well, get it i'll give a, I'll, and tonight i'm going to give a people a taste of my rant uh, because a lot of my rants are, you know, what happens to me during the week, if anything bad happens to me, which uh, I'm a very fortunate, especially with my latest issues. I'm so grateful for my life and all the good things I have in my life <clears throat> that the only problems I really have are just Internet stuff, man. Comments of the most bizarre shit, the most bizarre logic you can ever hear from people when it comes to music. It's like. It makes me really question if people really like music or not. Because, boy, you'd have to be like Mary Poppins in a band for you to be accepted as, oh, no, this band is great. Because if this band has any drama in the background, it taints music for people. And I will get into it when you're ready to do the news. Okie dokie. Well, since we have no iTunes reviews, which what the fuck's going on there? Been a long time since I've been able to read a iTunes review. And you better watch out because coming soon, we are going to have the Golden Throat himself, Aaron Camaro from the Decibel Geek. And this man knows how to shame people into uh, leaving iTunes reviews. So I might have to use him to do that because we haven't had one to read in a long time and I miss that shit. So without further ado, fuck it, we going straight into the news. And I'd like to start the news if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay, you go ahead. All right, and here's where my rant begins. And let's see if you agree with me. And I don't know if you do or not, so I'll yell at you as well when it comes okay. to this. <clears throat> Iron Maiden frontman, who I just came up with a brilliant name for him, Douche Dickinson. Oh, uh, nope. Two two recent stories that I brought up on the podcast page. And, you know, I got to admit, uh, the majority of the people agree with me. But the ones that don't, I'm telling you, dude, I'm serious. It's like they're making excuses for this guy. But the, the truth is, if it's somebody that you hate does this, the shit Douche Dickinson does, you would see what the fuck he's doing. First, the first article was him saying, I don't want to come out and look at Crumbly's my age at a show. All right? Now, <clears throat> but there was other people going, well, you know, I mean, he doesn't want to be known as a nostalgia act. Well, I'm sorry. He is. Iron Maiden is a nostalgia act in America. I know overseas in South America, it's different. But here, the bread is buttered by the old school fans. I'm sorry. When I know, I, I'm telling you, dude, I am telling you right now, I have yet to meet one young person, one young person that is a Book of Souls fan, that is a fan of anything Iron Maiden does, that doesn't point at the classics as their highlights. Their heyday. And come on, even you will admit, you know, being American, because us Americans are, are we're a different breed. Mm-hmm. And when, when he's talking about crumblies, he's talking about America. Let's, let's, let's cut the oh. bullshit here. Oh, the, yeah. Well, I mean, and as far as they're, they're concerned, I, th- I think it goes even deeper than Bruce and that band. I think Steve has a great hatred. Well, Steve, co- Steve has come out and said, and I quote, we will never play Flight of Icarus live because it was a hit in America. He said that. He's totally said that. So that's kind of a dig toward us, too. Right. And and, and, and it's, it's an ego thing because, 
in in the rest of the world, they are still huge. And 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 here they waned. I mean, I've talked many times about the Fear of the Dark tour where I had lawn seats, and they couldn't f- even fill up the the pavilion. And they made everybody sit in the middle section. You know, there's always an A, B, C. They had everybody in the B, C because it was easier for security because there was so little people here. And that was an ego thing where in the rest of the world, they maintained their status. And, uh, you know, so they have a a chip on their shoulder against America. And, yeah, I mean, it sucks in a way that we are, uh, for the most part, a fickle nation. It's what have you done for me lately. True. In this case... I really do have to agree because I just think the newer output is nowhere near as strong as the old shit. So, you know, in one uh, on one hand, I'll say Americans are a little bit too fickle and should have a little bit more loyalty. But on the other hand, I'm going to say, hey, if your new shit ain't fucking cutting it, that's your fault, not our fucking fault. We're just being honest. And a lot of these places they play like, oh, we can go to like uh Ten buck two and sell out. Yeah, you know why? Because they get two fucking concerts a year. People are gonna go no matter what. <laughs> you know, uh, where here we have so many fucking choices. Uh, I, I think, besides the fact that we're fickle by nature, we just have more to choose from. So if you're not bringing it and, and you're not doing as good as you used to be, we'll pass and go see somebody else. You know? And, you know, and and I did see Maiden on the Book of Souls tour. I saw him on Final Frontier. I saw. The back to uh, Power Slave. What was it about? Back in time. Somewhere back. Yeah. And they were all great shows. I'm not really slamming them because I do think they are a great live band. But they are not. They are far from the best live band. And honestly, and this is just a personal opinion. And I know this is not a popular opinion. But I don't really see Bruce Dickinson as such a great man, great front man. Just the same way I don't see Paul Stanley. As a great front man. I find them both to be extremely overrated. And um, I never, I never really like in the history of my metal dumb ever even thought of putting Bruce or Paul in my top 10. I don't see it, dude. I don't see. Well, I I, don't. I just don't. I I think just jumping around, flying around and and being very energetic doesn't really do it for me. It, 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 there has to be something added to the energy, right. like what David Lee Roth brought to his energy, right. you know? Right. Well, what I will say there is, uh, on one hand, I disagree. I, I, I think they're both, you know, incredible front men. You know, as I we just said it on past episode, I think Paul Stanley needs to give it up. He's past his age. I think Bruce can still do it, but the problem is, but it, but in Maiden's defense, I'll say they, they've always done this since the day they started. When they put out a new album, half the set's going to be that new album. And I don't care how you're running around or what you're doing. If you're singing boring-ass fucking half-hour songs, I'm going to lose fucking interest. It doesn't matter how much you jump around. I think I do think he's a good front man. I think he's a great front man. But, but in a way, you're only as good as your catalog, too. So if, you, if you're giving like a thousand and ten percent, but you're singing a shitty song, you're still singing a shitty song. You know? I, I don't think Bruce Dickinson is a horrible front man, but I just don't think he's that great. But that's just my personal opinion. And it seems to upset people that I think this, you right. know, and, and then also the other logic is, you know, well, I prefer the Paul Diano years. Yeah, well, Paul Diano is fired. How does that in any way, in any way, taint the music? That's why I feel like some people are just not music fans. Some people like look way too into the stuff. 
Uh, one guy was saying, yeah, well, then after Maiden, all Paul Diano has done was shit. Paul D- uh, Battlezone sucked, and everything else sucked. All right, look. I don't agree, but I will say this. Battlezone is not the pimple of the ass of Iron Maiden Killers and, and, and the first album. It's Paul Diano's peak, musically, for me, was the first two Maiden albums. I love Battlezone, though. I love Nomad. Right. I loved right. a lot of shit, Paul Diano. I thought the first Diano album called Diano was pure shit. I'll even take Tattoo Millionaire over that crap. But <clears throat> my point is, whatever. I don't give a fuck about everything when I'm saying my favorite Maiden is the first two albums. Everything that he's done after, which was not as good, doesn't make those two Maiden albums sound any worse. I don't get the the the, the philosophy of... You know, like I always said, like in a million episodes, if we were all just fucking taken to a desert island with no internet, no fucking, uh, all the music we have doesn't have credits or, or anything on it, we'd be forced to just like the music. I live on a goddamn desert island with all the information in front of me. I do not think there is a band in this world ever as good as Black Sabbath. To me, the 70s Black Sabbath is the greatest band to ever exist. But what they did to Bill Ward was fucked. Fucked up. Okay? You could have stood up for your drummer and said, Hey, fuck you, management. This is our drummer. So, you know, you have to look at it through... through, through, Take off those rose petal glasses. Those fucking blinders. And realize that, man, what Black Sabbath did to Bill Ward... It's not going to change how much I love Volume 4, bruh. It's still the greatest band in the world. They fucked the, a very... In, in, I mean, it pissed me off that I couldn't see them live. But it's just this philosophy of people that are like... And I'll even, I'll even go as far to say the people that got pissed at Bruce Dickinson, which I saw on our page. Oh, I'm never going to support Maiden again. It's like, dude, if the music's good, you should, man. But, hey, if you don't want to, that's your loss. It's your fucking loss. Uh, if Iron Maiden releases something, you know, with Bruce Dickinson as good as anything from Power Slave Down, you bet your ass I'll support it. I will fucking, I will say online how much I love the music. They kick ass how much I love Bruce Dickinson on the album. I will fucking say it straight up. Just like I will always defend Bruce Dickinson from, from, Number of the Beast to Power Slave. That motherfucker was on a roll. And then, when he fucking left Maiden, from Accident at Birth to Chemical Wedding. Two albums that are way better than any Maiden album for me since Power Slave. I love that. I mean, how am I a hater when I give Bruce Dickinson credit where credit is due? And the only time credit is due is when it comes to fucking music, man. You know, oh... Uh, I'm not sure. I gotta look at the discography. But was somebody booted for Adrian Smith to join uh, Bruce Dickinson's uh, solo band? I don't give a fuck whether they were or not. The fact of the matter is, is that it's a kick-ass fucking album. Period. You know, and and, and proof to your character and your honesty. I mean, you've been very upfront about how you feel about Scab Kiss, but you said, hey. I love Monster. I hate yeah. what they're doing, but I like the music. Once again, you went back to the music. 
and and, and I don't and I don't and I don't think any band has disgusted me more than than Kiss with the scabs. I mean that my sacred Ace Frehley, the greatest member of Kiss for me since 1978. I mean I've worshipped Ace Frehley forever. Now they have some motherfucker in his makeup. That pisses me off. When I went to go see him live, see that motherfucker not only sing shock me but then do the live solo during his own guitar solo that fucking pissed me off you know what also pissed me off when i heard monster i said fuck i gotta love it now but, but it's, it's the truth man it's a slamming album a lot of people out there hate monster for legitimate reasons for legitimate reasons ah oh, man i listen to monster it's just not good but then there's other people that are like i'm not even gonna listen to that shit or or they secretly love it and they can't admit it. That to me is not a music fan, man. I just don't get that kind of philosophy. And it really pisses me off. And then then Douche Dickinson comes out today and says, we're better than Metallica. Now, mind you, that I respect because he's talking about his own, even though it's pure jealousy. Because, because going back to Fear of the Dark, when already Metallica dethroned them, he even went as far as to go on on, on, on a recording talking about Metallica on Space Station's uh, number five, that terrible cover they did. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of hard to do a terrible cover to a song that Sammy Hagar sang. Uh-huh. And I, I I prefer the Montrose version, sorry. Uh-huh. But at the end of the song, he's talking about Metallica. Oh, Metallica in the rearview mirror. No, Metallica's not in the rearview mirror. Yeah. You're in the rearview mirror now, yeah. buddy. And well, he couldn't take it. He couldn't He couldn't accept the fact that they were slipping and sliding. I love No Prayer for the Dying, but come on. You know, Metallica was releasing far superior shit. What was that, during the time of Master of Puppets? Well, 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 no, no, well I mean, if, if you compare uh, No Prayer, that's around the Black Album era. But, I, I mean, it, it comes down purely to ego, and that comment he made was back in 2011. It got it got brought up again today, and or you know re- recently. And what he said is, uh, well, it was good natured uh, ribbing, which I knew that when he said it. It's just like him trying to prove to himself and boast, uh, you know, that he's an Iron Maiden. And it's one of those things. It's like you got beat by the new kids, but you can't admit it because you're the old guard and you came for. I read right through that shit when he said it. I knew exactly what he meant. I knew it was bullshit ego false provide but uh, in, in another hand it's like as a front man uh and he kind of said that in a story that's on blabbermouth you have to believe it and you have to have that kind of attitude even even if you know deep down if you're gonna get out in front something i mean you know this as a front man you have to go out there with the utmost confidence you have to have more confidence than say your bass player and that's not i'm not talking about your bass player. i'm just saying in general because you have to sell it you are the salesman for thrash or die or any lead singer is for their band you are the salesman so if you come out there like yeah we're good but we're not as good as these guys you don't, you, yeah but my point is you don't even have to say either one you know have when they asked lars ulrich about hey what do you think of bruce dickinson all that shit he said I'm always going to support Bruce Dickinson no matter what foolish shit he says. Right. But I'll support him. God, for, for Lars Ulrich to more, have more class than you, you deserve the term douche. I'm yeah, sorry. Point, point taken there. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, I, look, I look. yes, I totally agree with you. When I, 
I used to be backstage in the early years of Thrasher Die, watching my original lineup shaking their boots before we go on stage. And I used to tell them, we're the best fucking band in the world. Snap out of it. We're going to go up there and destroy. You know, that's the attitude. Yes, you do have to have that attitude. But I ain't going to take that attitude to the press. I'm not. I'm not just going to go out there and start talking about, oh, we're the best and this and that. Now, I got to admit, some people do it great. Like Oasis. Oh, they piss people off so much with their, we're the greatest band in the world. But you can tell they're a bunch of, I mean, at that time, they don't say no more because obviously they're not anymore. They were big at one point. But back then they were so fucked up on cocaine and alcohol. It was just like watching an Oasis video back then was like watching a fucking train wreck. And them talking about people in, in government are doing cocaine. And then the government officials are like, I'd like to know who the hell's doing cocaine in the government. You know, talking about uh, England, you know. Right. And it was just good fucking entertainment. But again, uh, do I think Oasis is better than Black Sabbath? Or, I mean, Oasis ain't even in my top 20, though I love them. But they're nowhere near as good as, you know, a Cheap Trick, a Van Halen, you know, you name it. But I still got a kick out of fucking seeing this guy saying that. But the way Bruce said it, it was pure jealousy. He said he's backpedaling now. Nah, it was just good old ribbon. I'm friends with Metallica. No, he was pissed. And we know Bruce was pissed because we know the kind of arrogant prick he is. He is an arrogant prick. You know, and he's 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 got the Napoleon complex. Come on, it's it's not it's not difficult to see this, but people will defend this motherfucker. And what really fucking drives me nuts about Maiden Tards is how any one of them can bash Kiss for their merchandising. Because Maiden is right there. Uh, matter of fact, Maiden has more repressing. I mean, Kiss hasn't repressed their CDs as much as Maiden has. How many times have they made it? Oh, uh, let's repress somewhere in time and put a video you can only see on your computer. You know, I mean, they, they, they did that with their whole catalog. Yeah, I, remember, I got a couple of those. You know, there's <laughs> there, there's uh, there's um, Maiden sneakers. You know, there's you know, there's, you name it. If it sells. They do the, exactly the same thing Kiss does. The only difference between Kiss and Maiden, and I hate to break it to you, Maiden Tards, but it's the truth. They can release much more and sell much more than Maiden can. They can't do it really at shows. And I don't feel, I don't even think Kiss sells as many records as Maiden does anymore. But when it comes to merchandising, and, and believe me, if you ask me, man, Eddie to me, especially the Derek Riggs Eddie, will blow away anything KISS has ever released. I'm a bigger fan of that imagery. You know, if there's killers, if there's anything killers, like I got it in my room hanging a killer's tapestry. You know, in the first Maiden album, I love those album covers, you know? I, I, I've got killer converse that I've never wore. There you go. <laughs> and, 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 and you know how I feel about some uh, uh, the, the live after death. I feel like it's a... It's a overrated steaming, bio, uh, steaming pile of whale vomit because of Bruce's voice. But that is one of the coolest Iron Maiden covers of any fucking album they ever did. I mean, I put that up there with Killers. I think that is their second favorite. I mean, not not counting something like Made in Japan, which is very simple, but it is like, I'll take that over fucking... Well, I, I mean, you hate Somewhere in Time, but you gotta admit, that's a fucking cover of, of If There Ever Was One. It's a, it's a great cover. I don't really like the illustration of the band on it, but everything else is really cool on that right. on that cover. You know, the band in the back, they, that kind yeah. of... That kind of should have been erased from it. But everything else about Somewhere... Seven Son of a Seven Son, that, that cover's terrible. I, I don't know. What do you feel about that cover? 
I, I like that cover. I, I don't think they made a bad cover until, uh, well, I mean, I mean, No Prayer for the Dying lacked a little bit of you know, imagination. But I remember the first time I saw the Fear of the Dark, and that's before, you know, at first it wasn't the internet age. I didn't know it wasn't Derek Riggs, but I'm like, that's not Eddie. That's not fucking Eddie. And then, you know, I found out later, of course, it wasn't Derek Riggs. But I was like, ugh! You know, I, but I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about all-time shitty, co- I mean, Maiden has not only some of the greatest album covers of all time, but also some of the worst. I mean, that <coughs> Virtual Eleven, Dance of Death. I mean, horrible. Final Frontier. That's you talk. Look, at least there's oh, some yeah. resemblance of Eddie on on uh, Fear of the Dark. But man, that does not look like Eddie at all on oh, Final no. Frontier. No, that was that was horrible. And I think that I think that was Melvin Grant, if I'm if I remember correct. And I think that's the same guy that did Virtual Eleven, and uh, and possibly I don't know if it's the same guy that did uh, Fear of the Dark, uh, but. Uh, you know, and, and then look at look at the cover for Book of Souls, which I thought was an amazing Eddie, but where's the background? Yeah, it's a boring you, cover. It's just you know, a face. Like, but no, I thought it was a good Eddie. I thought it was like, hey, this kind of looks like Eddie again, but where's the amazing background? I think they dropped the ball, and then I heard the album. I was like, fuck, no matter what the album cover is, this is a piece of shit. You like that album. And I, li- and I, I like and I liked the album more than you did. Yeah. And I'm like the, ma- I'm the maiden hater. See, yeah. I give shit a chance, man. As much as Iron Man has dis- disappointed me for decades, I don't feel they've done a song as good as Book of Souls since the '80s. The title yeah. track to me is the best Maiden song I've heard since. Oh, and I and I and I enjoyed uh, um, Sign of the Cross and Man on the Edge from X Factor. I enjoyed Future Real from from Virtual Eleven. Oh, whatever. The oh my God! I'm on my radio show the other day. Fucking. Uh, you know, I do. I do this thing. You know, it's a new rule I have on my new radio show, where I say you can request uh, an, a band or an artist, but not a song. You know, because I like to make it like, let me pick something for you. You know, make something cool. But Alvin Flipson came on, and I made an exception because Alvin's so awesome. Alvin, I hope you're listening. He's like, can you play some Blaze? And I was like, oh, oh I man. To- I, and I enjoyed Silicon Messiah so long. And I, I, you know what? And I need to give that shit a chance. I just hate those made albums so bad. I just keep putting it on the back burner. But, uh, you know, I was like, okay, I got to do it for Alvin. I'm, I'm going to break my rule for Alvin. And I played, I played Future Real just because it was the shortest fucking Blaze song. I was like, oh my God. Oh, and I, I was apologizing to the fucking audience. I was like, oh. See, and I, and see, I, I guess I'm a more maiden defender than you are. Yeah, you you know you you really are like well, later, as- later later yeah. later yeah in in some aspects I like them more but in, in others you give them more of a chance than I do and, and 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 it doesn't change the fact that I love fucking Iron Maiden I love them I'm just what they do now unfortunately does nothing for me but I'm the same as you hey if they put out something great I'd be right there like hey return to form this is awesome and and it never takes away what those what the maiden I love, you know, does to me. And you I'll know, say like, this right now, and maybe maybe I'm ahead of you when it comes to this. Other than um, <clears throat> Final Frontier, I can name a song I like off every maiden album. Can you do that? I can even name a song on Final Frontier I like. But can uh, you? Well, do you like anything off Virtual Seven, Ten, 
Uh, X, uh, X Factor. Any place. Uh, well, 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 well. Here's the thing. Like, like uh, I like, uh, I like the Klansman, but I like it better when Bruce sings it. Of course. So do I. Like, I. I like Sign of the Cross. <clears throat> I like that better when Bruce sings it. I, I, so do I. But I like the way Blaze does that song too. You know, I, I just prefer Bruce doing it because I, when I heard right. the Bruce versions, I liked them more. But I still liked the Blaze versions. And Blaze, believe me. I saw that tour. They were awesome in a little fucking place. They were all Blaze. Yeah. I thought was much better live than he is on record. But I, I'm not here defending because I prefer I prefer Bruce over Blaze any day of the week, you know. But <clears throat> I'm telling you, there's only one Maiden album that there's not one song I like on it. That's Final Frontier. You name any other Maiden album, uh, I like yeah. that Benjamin Benjamin Briggs song. Yeah. And there's a song on on Final Frontier. It escapes me now. I'd have to look it up. But there's a song on that that I that I really like. And I am actually I'd say I love. There's one song on there I really love. I was like, oh, this is a good song. The rest of it was horrible. And I saw that tour, man. And they played. You know, the set list was fucking deplorable. You know. Oh, I For, saw that tour too. Yeah, that was terrible. Even like the classics is like, yeah, I've seen you yeah. play this already. Yeah, and I I felt bad for a buddy of mine. I I took you know because. You know, my other buddy who went with us, you know, he saw him with me the first time I saw him made on the Fear of the Dark. And, uh, you know, but this this poor guy who loves Maiden, he got into him late in life, but he knows the classics. You know, he's sitting there throughout the whole show like, Jesus Christ, are they going to play one fucking song I know? You know, and <laughs> when they do, it's over before you know it because they play like the shorter shit. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was a rough show. I mean, hopefully I get to see him again. I would never turn down seeing Maiden, but uh, I'm not going to travel anymore because for that show, I had to travel to Houston, which is five hours away from me. And uh, if they're going to keep putting out shitty albums and play half the album, uh, I'm not going to travel unless it's an album I like. Yeah, <clears throat> but um, here's the thing. Uh, the, my, my point is, is that Bruce Dickinson, it is his opinion. I'm not saying, I'm not bashing the guy for his opinion. But if you look really deep into it, he's he's fucking he's just jealous of the whole Metallica thing. It's a whole jealousy thing, you know. He had no problem fucking. I mean, did Rob Hoffer come out and bash them because they overtook Judas Priest? Because that's a guy with fucking class, man. Yeah. Fucking even Open for Iron Maiden. I I really doubt if the 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 table to turn Bruce Dickinson w- would agree to open for Priest. It's just not going to happen. Has Bruce Dickinson ever opened for anybody as a solo artist? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, he did. He did under the Halford banner, but uh, and 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 uh, I know when he did two, he played some festivals. Other than that, I don't know. But uh, but I mean, I, I mean, you're you're talking apples and oranges there. I mean, you know, they they broke the mold with the fucking metal god. And he's very humble and very, uh, you know, look, look, he fronted Sabbath open for Ozzy, you know, shit, you know, he's right. a metal God though. You know, he's shit. That guy can do no wrong. <clears throat> no, I, I, and he's pure fucking class, dude. Rob oh, yeah. Alford, I, I love to death. I, oh, yeah. I love that guy to death, but boy, uh, you and I differ on turbo. You know, I will I will point out his flaws. You know, two I didn't enjoy. I didn't like fucking uh, winter songs. I didn't like Ram it. Well, Ram it down. I liked a little more than Turbo, but it's still a clunker of an album. 
I feel like uh, Painkiller's overrated, and I love that album, but but <clears throat> my point is, is Bruce Dickinson's a douche. But you know what? Even when it comes to being a douche, Bruce Dickinson is still not the greatest douche in the world. That reigns, that goes to the Lord of Suck, Mr. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Mr. Samuel Horatio Hagar. Oh, now, my oh, God. Oh, did you forget the article? Did you hear the actual interview? No, no, because I'm oh, not wait, a masochist. Oh, wait till you hear this. No, you're going to love to hear this. He's all pissed off about Van Halen now. Oh, it's never going to happen now. Boo, 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 boo. Because they didn't wish him a happy birthday. Well, well, I did, I did, I did read the article, and what I found very disturbing, and I thought he brought up some good points. And then I don't, he, I don't. Well, I'll well, tell you why, but well, go ahead. Well, I, I thought he brought up a good point, and then he lost me again and proved his true self. Because, you know, he was bitching about the fucking, you know, it's my 70th birthday, my 70th birthday, my 70th birthday. Uh, and then he brought up a great point that I think the Van Halen brothers should be crucified upon. And that is they did not reach out to Michael Anthony over the death of his grandchild. This, this is his grandchild, an innocent, you know, little baby that died like after a few days or weeks or whatever that is. To not pick up the phone, you know, and at least Dave, you know, made the contribution, did shit. So for Eddie and Alex not to reach out to Mike, I, I think is total dude. I'm not even getting into why he's not in the band. I'm getting into like at least send your condolences. But then, like, like, like he can't even finish that sentence with getting back and my birthday. You know, it's like no, you, you yeah, you, you, you throw that out there as a little side note. But then it goes right back to your birthday. But this is the same guy. And I, I of course, I've never read his fucking book. But, uh, you know, he bitched about when Eddie said all this shit about Michael Anthony. But apparently in his autobiography, he says that Mike never added anything, uh, you know, contribution wise to the band. You know, like I'm, I, as far as songwriting and shit like that, you know, so he even says that. But then he gets pissed when Eddie says it. But something I, 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 a little clip I saw in there, and then once again, I don't know if this is true. Uh, I didn't read Sammy's book, not saying that that's the fucking truth by any means. But I, I saw a little thing in there about that Michael Anthony didn't go to uh, the Van Halen's mother's funeral. And that was kind of like a nail in the coffin with Michael Anthony. I don't know. Well, well, there you go. I mean, Jesus. I mean,. Uh, one, you know, he did the same thing that Edward did to him. Right. You know, but when, I, when, I, when, did, when did his mother die? Did, did his mother die after, uh, uh, Sharon or during Sharon? I have no idea. I, I, I know when the dad died because I, I remember reading about, uh, this is when Sammy was still in the band when, uh, Jan died. And, Ed, and Dave reached out to Eddie yes, at that time. And, and, and Dave called Eddie and said Eddie was so fucking like, you know, he said Eddie was like just drunk out of his mind, inconsolable. But Dave still reached out and said, hey, man, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, your dad died. And that's a testament to who Dave really is. You know, no matter his ego, it shows, you know, you see who the real Dave is. Uh but apparently when the mom died, and again, I, I have, I'm not even going to pretend to say I know when she died. But for whatever reason, uh, 
Michael Anthony didn't go and why I don't know. I mean, I, and I can't see if it was during the Sharon era because, I mean, Mike was still in the band, even though he, by all accounts he didn't play on that album. But I've heard he hasn't played on an album since fucking uh, Women and Children first, depending on, on what you believe. Yeah, but that that is, I mean, I tend to believe that, but it, it, we really don't have solid confirmation. But I right. wouldn't I wouldn't find that hard to believe. Right. But, it, but it's just again hearsay. But you know, uh, again, I mean, fuck your seventieth birthday. Okay, you know, death is something you know, final and, and and very like okay. If somebody's parents die, you know, I'm gonna even if it's an enemy, if if it's somebody I grew up with or was close to, I'm gonna swallow my pride and, and show my respects and stuff and. You know, but if Mike didn't do it, I think that's low. But still, there's something about, you know, losing a grandchild where I can say, like, hey, Eddie and Alex, that's pretty fucking douchey. You know, and I'm not going to sit here and defend Eddie because Eddie's done a lot of douchey things. I love him. One of my favorite guitar players of all time. Eddie fucking let Sammy in the band. I mean, need I say more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he ruined his own band for this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but but it, it just... What really rubbed me the wrong way is how he brought up, like I said, a solid point. And then in the next sentence, he goes, "Yeah, and my birthday, and uh, my birthday." And well, that's it's, that's it's the point. Me. That's it's the like, point. That's the point I wanted to make in the yeah. interview. If you listen to the interview, it's all about his birthday. Then it's kind of like a footnote about Mikey's son, and then he goes back into his birthday. It's it's really right. low. And he also brings up, oh, and Dave, you know, and even Dave. And then he he did. I forgot what the fuck he said. He gave a little snide remark about Dave. Oh yeah, well, he said, yeah, he, he said he said even Dave did something, and Dave's not a nice guy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there you go. And, and even it's like, dude, you're not a nice guy. How about this story? Uh, Sammy Hagar sees a guy backstage at o, at the Monsters of Rock tour OU812 with a Diver Down shirt saying, "Hey, take off that shirt. That shit don't fly here." And and Sammy Hagar's the first one to lift up a fucking uh, banner that says. David Lee who on the 5150 tour all right. over the place. David right. Lee Roth got a lot of that on the Eat em and Smile tour and never brought it up on stage, ever. He wow. never did. You know, he said, I'm getting the same shit too, but these guys are like flaunting it, you know, but my point is this guy is such a fucking douchebag. It's like, fuck your 70th birthday. If you die, good. I hope Eddie doesn't say anything to you because what you've written in your fucking book you fucking piece of shit, motherfucking <laughs> cocksucker. How do you expect this motherfucker to feel about you? Seriously. Uh, oh, let me wish this guy a happy birthday who pretty much outed me about what a piece of shit I am. I, well, what, I, do you, what do you think? That, shit's not, that shit just goes away just like your book sales did? No, fuck you. You had no problem talking shit about Eddie Van Halen while you were trying to sell your fucking book. And now that 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 shit that little air is over, and you're struggling with with the with, with the circle, which is pretty much a cover band going up there doing fucking covers of your own songs and and Led Zeppelin songs. You can't release a goddamn thing. Uh, you, you know everything. Uh, oh, I was a solo artist before Van Halen. I was doing as good as them. Bullshit. Not only is it bullshit, but it showed time has shown it's bullshit because in order for you to fucking tour. You know, you, you can't tour on a new album. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah. You have to tour on a fucking nostalgia trip. Him saying that is like Mark St. John going, I was as big uh, as Kiss before I joined him. No, yeah, you exactly. <laughs> Nobody knew what fuck you were. Exactly. I was head, I was selling out the same clubs Ace was. Yeah. 
I, I was selling out arenas. Yeah, you were the fucking valet parking cars, motherfucker. <laughs> Sammy Hagar had no market in Florida. None whatsoever before Van Hagar. Never did that. Ne- I know my fucking history of fucking uh, the history of Sammy Hagar becoming somewhat known when his first what was his first gold album was probably three lock box or something. I was I was a rabid rabid concert goer by that time. That motherfucker never set foot in Florida except the one time when he opened for Journey. And I know before I started going to concerts, he must have been down here opening for Kiss or whoever. You know, that guy was never a solid. The guy was good. The guy was doing good in St. Louis. That's the only uh, market he did good in. Yeah, you know? and, Mike, and, and, and Mike Tyler, what, what, what's in the water down there? God damn it. Why do you people like him so much? I don't get it. But uh, now here's one thing. And, uh, you, you know, I, I, I hate rumors and I hate to get excited <coughs> premature. But here's some shit I saw online the other day that is from, quote, unquote, uh, a credible source. And I almost hate to say this in, in fear of jinxing. But then again, I don't believe in God, let alone jinxes or anything like that. But word around the campfire, supposedly, is there is going to be a 40th anniversary to it. I'll tell you why it's not going to happen, but go ahead. And don't bet me 100 bucks, boy. Okay. You no. know it's going to happen there. I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. Okay. Okay. Well, supposedly, uh, there's this person who says they have inside info. Bullshit. That says there is a 40th anniversary tour. Bullshit, bullshit. The, the announcement will be in February. No. Uh, okay. Impossible. I'll tell you why, but go ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, can can I finish? I'm letting you finish. I'm just like, I'm just butting in and, and, and backing off. Uh, <laughs> but supposedly saying... There no! Will, okay. I'm backing <laughs> off. I'm backing off now. There will be a 40th anniversary tour with Raw. And, and Michael for, Anthony. For, and, and Mike Anthony. And supposedly for the last uh, eight months, Roth has been working with a vocal coach because this is probably going to be it, and he wants to go out. He wants to do better than he than he's done previously. And Roth has also had his sixth back surgery uh, that he's recovering for that, and that's why you know it's getting postponed. Plus, they have the momentum for the fortieth, but it will be a summer tour in nope. summer summer of eighteen. No. When a band is going to do a summer tour, okay, in the magnitude of a Van Halen, it would have been announced already, okay? It's, it, 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 the rumor mill would have been flying like nonstop, and then it gets announced. That's what happened when Dave came back. That's what happened when, shit, even Roger Waters on his last tour was a good year before the tour started where he said it was going to happen. The same with the thing with the wall. Every all these fucking tours that 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 go on in the summer get announced around now, and and this whole thing with fucking Michael Anthony touring still with Sammy, no man, it's not gonna happen. Now I will say this, no, I no, do no 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 not not uh, with Sam. Oh uh, hey, are, are you just gonna uh, are you just gonna say a couple words and back off like I did, or am I gonna have to listen to a monologue now? No 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 not not a monologue, but what I'm saying is. It wasn't going to be Sammy. It's just going to be day. It was going to be the original four for the four. I'm not saying that. I never said. Okay. I'm saying the fact that he's touring with Sammy doesn't sit well with the the Van Halen brothers. 
Never did, never will. And he's still close with Sammy. And as long as he's close with Sammy, that ain't going to happen. Now, I will say this. Yeah, I do see Michael Anthony coming back. And there will... I mean, I'm not saying there will. I'm saying the possibility of Michael Anthony coming back and touring with Van Halen, I'm not saying it will never happen. I'm hoping it will. Maybe that's the side of me that's saying, yeah, there's hope it will happen. But it's not going to happen next summer. It's just not. Nothing's going to happen with Van Halen next summer. Nothing. Maybe... Maybe the summer of 2019. So come on, hundred bucks. Nah, nah. Yeah, you I, know, I, you know better. No, well, I've already lost a hundred bucks because I bet these assholes at work that the Raiders are going to have a better season than the Saints, and it ain't looking good. So I'm already down a hundred bucks. I can't afford to lose them. Plus, it's too important for me to bet on. <laughs> All right, you got any news? Well, I, I, I think we've about filled it with that. <laughs> I think I think we've gone on pretty long with what we've done. There is news, but you know what? There's further episodes coming up in the distant future. But one thing we should talk about is uh, the legacy, <laughs> get it, legacy of the review we're about ready to do. Because this is a review we recorded probably, wouldn't you say, like over two years ago way over two years ago. Uh, Yeah, I'll tell you how old this episode is because I just edited it today. Number one, these were the episodes we would add songs at the end, but I edited all all that out because, you know, I was like, I'm not going to sit here and fucking do that because that's very time-consuming, those DJ things we do at the end. This is also so old that this is when we would do the plugs where you would actually say it. We didn't have plugs back then. Wow. So I yeah. added I added plugs at the end of this. Uh, I want to apologize to everybody because during this episode, I didn't exactly promise, but I said I was going to play my version of, uh, oh man, what song did I say? A Blessing Contempt. Because I played it live and I said, oh, at the end of the show, I'll play it. Uh, honestly, I was just too busy today, so it's not going to be played. So if you're expecting that at the end of the show, then it's not going to happen. But it's a very entertaining show. I had some good laughs on it. There's a lot of stuff said on it that is, uh, you're, you're, you're all gonna, you know, now that you know this is an old episode, you'll understand. You're going, what the fuck are you talking about? It's, you know, 2017, you know? But this is a very, very old episode. And yeah, you even plug, uh, how we're on the metal station, you know, <laughs> this is back when we were on that metal station. But, um, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, uh, another thing I want to bring up, this is probably, this is before we did the news, before there was Fan of the Week, probably. No, there was a Fan of the oh, Week. Oh, there was audience. a Fan of yeah, the Week. Yeah, and okay. I, I don't know who the fuck that guy was when you mentioned him. Wow. I'm like, boy, that's somebody I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I got to bring up, it was so funny, I just realized this the other week, because, uh, you know, when we do our radio shows, we add IDs for other, um, you know, DJs that are on the station and shit like that. And I had some old IDs, and I had one that, that Bill Wang did for us that I absolutely loved, but then I realized it was for that metal station. I was like, oh, shit, I can't play this no more. I'm like, <laughs> and I've been playing it for fucking months, and I didn't oh, even boy. realize. Because, because, you know, like, you know, it's kind of those things I add that. I'm like, okay, what's the next song? Okay, I'm coming up out of this, and I'm kind of not really listening to it. I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> I can't play this no more. So, uh, yeah, it's funny. This is one 
it was also brought to our attention uh, a listener, and I can't remember if it was uh, if it was Renee or if it was somebody else who said, "Man, are you ever going to do a fucking Testament episode?" I'm like, "Well, fuck, we did practice what you preached." They're like, "Where? When?" I'm like, "No, we had to have put it up." And he's like, "No, you didn't." And I had to go back and go through. I was like, "Oh, fuck, we never did." And I remember telling you when you went and looked for it, you're like, I can't find it. So we assumed this was just something that somehow got lost. And then you took in your computer to have some work done. And that's how you even found this. So well, uh, I found it because uh, yesterday I was going through um, my external drive. And I noticed in my external drive, I thought, you see, one of my external drives died. And that's where I put all the podcast episodes in that one. I didn't realize I also put it in another external drive I own. And I didn't even know it would it was in there. I was like, oh, let me see what's in the podcast thing. And then I saw past episodes. I go, oh, and, and the only reason I clicked on past episodes to see if I find any past episodes I can make a YouTube video out of. And there, there sure enough, that's the man practice. I was like, holy shit. So then I went through all of them thinking, is there anyone else we missed? But I think, <laughs> I think it's all covered. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of another one we missed, but uh, this is so awesome to, to come back now into the future with a little bit of the past and uh, be interesting for the listeners, you know, give us, uh, you know, give us a little feedback on this to see, like, you know, listen to what we did two years ago and where we're at now and what you think about it. Be uh, very interesting. A lot of people are excited not only about our return, but are excited about this review, so... Uh, I can't wait to get some feedback on this one because I can't wait to listen to it because I can't even remember it was so long ago, you know. Yeah, it's a good one though. I, I, I listened to it today, edited it, and I had some good laughs. Good. <clears throat> At your expense. Uh oh. <laughs> but what else is what else is new? Exactly. Nothing new under the sun. All right, let's get into it. Here we go. All right, let's talk about some testament now. Let's get into our review. Uh, this week we are doing their third full-length album, Practice What You Preach. Hell uh, yeah. I've been into Testament uh, since the legacy when I saw them. Well, actually, the first time I ever heard Testament was a really kick-ass vinyl I have that's uh, called Power Chords, which is a compilation album where everything on their rules except for White Lion, but I know you like that one, Ian. Yeah, no, but, even I don't like White Lion. Really? I'm yeah. surprised. Well, yeah. actually, their first album, I don't mind that much. Fight to Survive, that's not a bad I don't, not really I, a bad I don't, album. I don't know it, man. I just can't take that when the children cry shit. Yeah, yeah, well, then, that, that Pride, you know. Yeah, there's a song from Pride on there. But the rest of that album, man, has, like, Raven and Anthrax. And, and then it had Testament. And the first time I ever heard Testament was on this album. Uh, the song, Apo, uh, uh, <laughs> can you say it for me? <laughs> Apocalyptic City. Yes, Apocalyptic City. Which, uh, to this day, is still my favorite goddamn song from Testament. I love that damn song. And um, so, you know, I ran out and bought The Legacy, and I adore that album. That album fucking rules. And then came New Order. I love that one, too, aside from the Aerosmith cover, which I know you like. Love it. Because we have played it on the DJ section of our show. And... um, what else? Uh, then came this one. So I'm not going to tell you what I think of this one just yet. 
I'm gonna let you talk about you your your history of testament and then I'll tell you what I feel as we go through the songs. So take it away. Alright, uh I fucking love Testament. I came into him a little bit late, though, that's for sure. Uh, my best friend, Matt Pasenka, was huge into him. When we first started hanging out, he really turned me on to him. And this was probably, well, I'd say around Souls of Black. You know, and uh, he listened to him a lot. And, I, you know, I'd hear songs here and there. And I liked it. I just never, like, really, really got into it, into it. Uh, I did see him open up for Iron Maiden. Uh, the Fear of the Dark tour. It was uh, COC uh, and uh, Testament, and that was a great fucking show, man. Test both COC, Testament, Maiden, they were all fucking killer. I saw that tour. Yeah. Um, and I would say probably when I really, really got into them would be around the gathering. Uh, and I got that, and I was like, man, you know, I, I liked all these other songs. I need to go back and check out these albums. And uh, holy fucking shit. I would have to say, um, for my money, right there with fucking Overkill, as I don't think they ever made a bad album. Some I like better than others. You know? Is this my least favorite? I don't know. Is it my favorite? Could be. We'll get into it. But I'm a huge, huge Testament fan. Uh, I think Chuck Billy, he's neck and neck with me for with uh, Joey Belladonna as far as the best voice in all of Thrash. I think he sings um, like James... Excuse me. Uh, I'm here, okay? Yeah, I know. I didn't want to show, you know, I don't want to appear too biased, you know. Okay. You know, if you weren't here, I'd mention you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, amazing. I think he sings like James Hetfield wishes he could sing. Uh, just an, an amazing band that I feel is always consistent. Uh, I got to see him live a couple years ago on, uh, was it the Formation of Damnation uh, tour? Uh, saw him here in New Orleans. Man, incredible fucking show. I wish they'd come back here. They've been on all these great fucking tours lately, and unfortunately none of them come here, but, you know, this last year a lot of things changed in New Orleans as far as getting metal shows, so uh, man, hopefully they make it around the next time, because I would definitely be there front fucking row. Well, you know, before we get into the songs, I would like to say that uh, I disagree as far as, you know, Testament goes. I feel like they're very overrated, to tell you the truth. There are albums they have that I absolutely adore, like what you just mentioned, The Gathering. Man, sometimes I think The Gathering's even better than The Legacy. Sometimes I feel like The Gathering is the best thing they ever did. Because that's that a album, great fucking album. That album's just fucking... God damn, that's a good album. And... And another really good one that a lot of people hate is uh, Souls of Black. And I know they rushed that album because they had to do the Judas Priest tour or the Thrash of Titans, one of those two tours. They had to do, so they kind of rushed that album out. But I think that's one of their best albums with the Legacy and New Order. So I would have to say Legacy and New Order and, and Gathering and Souls of Black would be my favorite. I don't like The Ritual. I thought that album was horrible, except for Electric Crown. That's a lame album. Low was good. Yeah, I love Low. Love Low. I don't know. The last two albums had a, a track or two. That one song, When I Say War, You Say War, whatever it is. I like that one. But the rest is like, yeah, I don't know, man. So I feel there are bands that are more worthy of being more popular than Testament, like Exodus, who's opening for them now. Uh. Violence. Uh, I can go down the line. I, I, 
I'm not slamming Testament. I just feel like they are very... Like, if there was a top five, they'd probably be the fifth. They'd probably be the best-selling of every other band other than the, the top uh, four. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. They are... The, I think they, they sell more than all the other bands. But I feel like... Uh, the only problem I have with Testament is I feel like there's other bands more worthy than them that I would say, you know, like Titanium 3. All the German bands I like more. Than, all the, the Titanium 4. I love them all more than, uh, you know, Sodom, Destruction, Venom. Um, not Venom, but Venom I like more too. Even Tankard I like more than Testament. <laughs> but, uh, love me some Tankard. I love Tankard though. Tankard's awesome. And then there's like a lot of the newer bands, like you know, Doctor Living Dead, and and you know, Waste and Toxic Holocaust, all that shit. I like more than Testament. But this ain't about a Testament bashing. After all, I am a singer in a band called Thrash or Die, and Testament is a thrash band, so I shouldn't go too crazy on them. I just feel like, eh, they have some great, outstanding albums, and they had a lot that I just didn't like. And. uh... Well, that's like, you know, your opinion, man. You yeah. Know? Yeah. All right, dude. You know, <laughs> the thing is that um, practice what you preach is like, I'm half and half on this album. This is when already, when that this album came out, that's when I went, oh. Okay. Your mother gave me a half and half while I was listening to it. Hey, hey, it's been like, what, four <laughs> episodes since we mentioned our mom? About time. Yeah, you, know, I, I, you know how much <laughs> how people love that shit. They do. They do. They love it. Uh. <laughs> I told my mom. I told my mom about you, and she said, "King, <laughs> learn, learn Spanish, and you'll know what that means." No, she was trying to say Ian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's a broken, <laughs> broken English. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, you want to start this, Diddy? You want to start will, this album? I will start this mother off right. with, man, what a fucking opener! Holy shit! All-time fucking testament classic. It's like their third most played song. Uh, man, fucking title track, Practice What You Preach. Great, great fucking song. Probably the first one of theirs I heard. I remember seeing this on Headbangers Ball. Excuse me, and really digging it. Um, and what I love is you can hear the whole band on these Testament albums. You know, it's like, you know, certain... Like on Slayer, you don't hear no fucking bass. You know? Uh, I mean, I love fucking Slayer, but you never hear bass in fucking Slayer. Uh, and, and this one, man, you hear, the, you know, the drums are up front, the bass is up front, the guitars are right there, and the vocals are impeccable. This was uh, the last album that they did with Eric, uh, Alex Perialis, and I thought he did an amazing job with them, because, man, just everything fucking jumps out the speakers on this one. I absolutely love it. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I first saw it at Headbangers Ball. I believe they, they, well, back in the day, I don't know if, um, you know, because I didn't have a car at this time. I was doing pretty bad. I used to catch a bus to the record store on Sundays. It was almost a ritual because I'd see something on Headbangers Ball and then catch a bus to go buy it. And I remember uh, Practice What You Preach was one of them. I was like, ooh, this New Testament sounds great. I love this song. It's awesome. It made me jump on a bus and go buy the album. Uh, it has aged quite well. It's a, it's a still a really good fucking thrashy tune, um, and uh, I love everything about it. Chuck, uh, you know, Billy, Chuck Billy, um, on this album, but more on the next album, uh, Souls of Black. The way I would describe his voice 
is 3D. It like jumps at you. It, it comes like more than any other singer I can think of. Especially on Souls of Black. I mean, you should you go you should go revisit that album. That those vocals like just jump out and they, they, the best way to, for me to describe it is 3D. And yeah, on this album, he sings great, man. He sings awesome on this song. I love this song. Practice what you preach is great. Unlike the next one. Ah! Perilous nations. Is that how you uh, pronounce it? Uh, perilous nations. I don't. I don't pronounce songs I don't like well. Uh, it's forgettable not bad it's decent but you know can't you see can't you see what you do to me can't you see I don't know it to me it's like there's I mean I know Testament is not a band to look for if you want to hear originality of course not because they are very Ouch. they are very metallic come on let's yeah. I, I, I think a lot of that has to do with, with Chuck's voice because you know, Chuck does sound like Hetfield when Hetfield sounded good. Yeah, I, but, I, I, but I, even though I like Chuck better, but I can see like I see it more vocally than musically, honestly. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, uh, what's his name? Alex brings a, a bit of jazzish type uh, arrangements to the song. Yeah, which, and and, fuck, and uh, which what's does, his name? doesn't dance well with me. I want thrash, not jazz. I dig it, but man, you always got Eric Peterson keeping it, keeping the ribs too. Peterson is metal as fuck. Yeah, and, and, Eric and, Peterson. And, and, Eric Peterson's very underrated too. He's a solid, solid player. Rhythm yeah, player. And, and, and and the anchor of the band, really. I mean, him and Chuck. Don't get me wrong. I love Testament. I just don't like this song. This song is like, it to me, it's like forgettable. It's like whatever. Let's get to the next one. What do you think of this song? I love it. Of course, I love it. Uh. I love I love that bass right at the beginning. To me, this is a great like a like a head banging like a great driving song. You know, this is one I want to put the top down. You know, fucking nice day driving, just fucking thrashing while I'm going, maybe fucking kick it up. You know, do some speeding. Uh, I I dig it, man. I think I think it's a great song. Love it. Well, go to the next one. All right, the next one, NB Life. Uh. Once again, I think it's solid. I would consider this killer filler. Uh, it's not the most standout on the track, but man, I would not skip it. I would not skip it at all. I dig it, and uh, man, it just—it sounds like testament to me, and I like the way that sounds. What you think? Uh, I can tell my face it ain't good. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that this is tied with the title track as the best track on the album. Oh wow! I you love I love Envy. I love Envy Life. I think this is uh, tied with uh, Chuck's best vocal performance on the album, uh, with a song coming up later on. Um, Envy Life is a song that I loved the first time I bought this album. It was, I think, my favorite track for that time. And I saw this tour. And let me tell you how cool this was. I saw this tour. They played two nights at this place called Summers on the Beach, which was on Fort Lauderdale Beach. And the opening act was Annihilator on Alice in Hell Tour with Randy Rampage on on vocals, that crazy guy, which we should one day uh, revisit that one, Alice in Hell. All right. Great fucking album. Well, I got I, I went two nights to see um, them, and the first night they didn't play Envy Life. And I was like, and I even told uh, 
um, not Chuck Billy. What's that guy's name? The the bass player, Chuck, Craig, whatever. Uh, yeah, Craig Christensen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was very, I was very drunk and and you know while he was signing my shit, I was like, dude, you didn't play Envy Life, man. That's like my favorite song on the album. And he was like, oh, sorry, man. And then later on, he actually came up to me like I'm there drinking. He came, he tapped me, he goes, hey, you coming tomorrow? Cause we're playing Envy Life. I'll be here, even though I was gonna go anyway. And sure nice. enough, they played Envy Life the second night. So nice. um, see what they do for you. Yeah, they did it for me, man. They did it for you. They They're good guys. Yeah, only a few would respect me as much as Craig did. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> Chuck Billy better than me. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, yeah, Envy Life, uh, standout track and best vocals from Chuck. But there's another song on this album where his vocals are so fucking kick-ass that I would I would rival it with Envy Life. All right, you go to the next one. All right, next one is Time Is Coming. Um, this would probably be my least favorite on the album. I, I dig it, I, you know. I, I mean, I, I hate to give away my opinion on the album, but there's not one song I would skip on this. If I put it on, man, this is a total thrash album to me that I listened from start to fucking finish but I would say this is my least favorite goes on a little bit too long in my opinion but it's still again man it sounds like fucking testament man that's that's good to me but uh but yeah this is what it, if I was the skipping kind I would skip this one what do you think well, would you put this album above the two that came before it this album, no, right, no. Cool. All right, all right. But uh, no, it, it's one of those. It's hard to describe. It's uh, I, I I see like you know there's gonna be a little bit of a change with Testament. I, I see they're going in a little bit different direction, but I, I I still dig it. But no, man, those first two albums, holy shit, are those fucking incredible. Yeah, this one became a little more safe. I would say. I I, I would agree with that. I would I would agree with that 100. percent But I still I still enjoy it. It's like uh. When I heard the ritual, at first I was really mad. I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck!" You know, they're doing the Metallica thing, and they did. You know, they kind of, okay, you know, Souls of Black didn't put us over like we thought. You know, so let's try to go a little bit more mainstream, and that really pissed me off at first. But then in hindsight, I went back and, and revisited that album, and I was like, "It's not bad. It's just not. It's not as thrashy as the others." Well, maybe that's kind of like maybe I should too, because I, I really hate that. Yeah, album. I, I, I mean, if if you if you look at it like that, like if you don't try to hear, you know, think in terms of that, just like some good songs and stuff, it's not bad. But if you want like thrash, Testament, that's not the album to grab. But God, I still enjoy man. it. Electric Crown is like one of my favorite Testament songs. Oh yeah, oh that's an incredible song. That song it, I mean, just rules. by far, it's the best fucking song on the album. I mean, well, I mean, Return to Serenity, I like a lot too. Oh, I hate that one. Okay, bye. I hate, but, I hate, uh, I hate, I hate when they get mellow. All right. Uh, all right. Next song. Yeah, no, oh, that song, got, Time Is Coming. Yeah, yeah you got Yeah, no, no, this one I would have no problem whatsoever skipping. I hate this song. I hate the <laughs> chorus. The time is coming. You know, I, I listened to this album again the other day. You know, of course, for the, for the review. And when this song came on, I was like, this is the song that really, that really annoyed the living piss out of me. It was the first Testament song, even like Paris Nations, I, I can handle. But this one was just so, oh, horrible, 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 horrible song. 
don't like it at all. Unlike the next one, Blessed and Contempt. Uh, I really like this song. I like it so much that I covered it. Yes. Nice. There, there is, I don't know if it's on YouTube. And if you don't hear it on this episode, it's because I'm too lazy. But I did perform this song live with a band called the Metal Thrashing Mad Men, which was a thrash tribute band that uh, formed down here for a couple shows. And they asked me to, you know, do a few songs because after all, I'm, I'm like the best thrash singer on the planet. So I went on there and... Uh, I remember I did uh, Last Act of Defiance from uh, Exodus. I did Alice in Hell. I did Electro Violence. And I did this song. And uh, I, th- I love this song. I mean, actually, it wasn't like when they told me they wanted me to do that. I was like, nah, I mean, it's a good song. I love it. But can we do MD Life, please? And they're like, that song's too simple. And I hate, you know, what the fuck is up with people? too simple like what simple is bad i mean come on if you want to get laid and you're desperate to get laid wouldn't you want it to be simple whatever that, that's why i always use bill cosby sauce that's right i hate it i hate a challenge is bruce jenner a woman yet <laughs> uh anyway so um i love blessed and contempt um fucking cool tune and hopefully you'll hear it at the end of the show a bootleg of it if I fucking take the time to rip it and put it in my computer. May not happen. But believe me, if it does, you'll be impressed by my glorious thrash metal vocals. <laughs> what do you oh. think of Blessing Contempt? Oh man, well you got you got some tough shoes to fill there, buddy. I'd like to hear it though. Uh, I love this song. To me, it's a great deep cut on the album. Uh, this is just a fucking slamming track. This this would be one like Man, if you saw them live and they fucking just pulled this out, you'd be like, holy shit. Or, you know, I know that they just did a tour where I think they played uh, uh, Legacy and New Order in, in their entirety. And if they ever did a, uh, a Practice What You Preach tour, man, this is one, you know, definitely I wouldn't be, you know, in the line to get a beer or, you know, taking a pistol in this one. I'd definitely make sure I was right up front because this is a fucking slamming fucking track. Definitely uh, better than the next one which is Greenhouse Effect, or Blacken 2. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, you know, they're Blacken, you know, uh, you know, as, as far as, uh, you know, theme-wise, you know, it's very environmental conscious. Did they have a video for this, Ralph? Yes, they did. Okay, yeah. It's a okay. straightforward them on stage just playing the song. I thought so. Okay, so this is the third single off the album, then. Uh, not bad, but... Uh, definitely not my favorite but uh it, it, it's okay there's some other songs I, th- I thought would have made a better video or a better single but it's not a bad song it's just there's others that i like better what do you think yeah i agree with you i mean i don't hate this song i think it's okay um not single material it's definitely it should be like a, a deep cut filler type material but it's a good one i mean i mean not great i would give it a six out of ten uh, I think the thing that really does stand out for this song for me are the vocals again. I love his vocals. They're, they're kind of 3D-ish on this tune. Uh, I dig it, but yeah, does it deserve to be a single? No. Does it deserve to be a video? No. But I think the next song should have, since it was a, a mainstay on the set list 
Even to today, I believe, they still play it live. Sins of Omission. Now, this song is the song I was saying, man, Chuck's vocals, like, really, I mean, are, are un, un, unbelievable on this track. Like Envy Life. Top notch. I love that. Black is black. Black is night. Oh, let us pray. You heard how he did that? I did it better than Chuck. Anyway, and I, was, and I wasn't even trying. Yeah, now, you're, you're, yeah you say that because you're drunk. Anyway, so I love, I love this song, um, and it is a mainstay in the set list, and I don't understand why this didn't uh, become um, a video. And let, uh, let me say, there is actually a video for this song. If you go on YouTube and uh, punch in all one word, Thrash Metal Tube, you'll see a bunch of videos made by me, and I made a video for Sins of Omission. So check it out, man, and see what I mean about this song. It's fucking mind-blowing how great it is. And it's it's a song they always kept in the set list after this album. What do you think of Sins of Omission? Oh, I fucking love it. It's my third favorite track on the album. Uh, and, and I can definitely see why. It, you know, it's great deep cut, and I can see why it stayed in the set list. You know, uh, sometimes things you don't take into consideration is, you know, maybe the record label picked Greenhouse Effect as, as the third song. You know, sometimes bands don't pick their own shit. I think but, all times, except if you're like Metallica or something, where you have a lot of clout. Right. Uh, you know, it, I mean, it's definitely a better song, by far a better song than Greenhouse Effect. But you can tell the band, you know, loved it. I mean, that's why they kept playing it, and fans love it. Uh, Sense of Omission, man. Incredible fucking track. And then it leads into my second favorite track on the album, and that is The Ballad. Holy fucking shit, I love this song. I don't think there's a thrash uh, band that does better ballads overall than Testament. <laughs> you know, you know, Metallica used to do some good ones, hence fucking used to. You know, I'd say, the, you know, uh, you know, uh, Red Lightning through... Uh, through Injustice, they had some really great slow songs. Yeah, better than this one. Eh, I, 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 well, they, yeah, they, they had some fucking, they had some fucking showstoppers, but I love this fucking song. Uh, Chuck sounds incredible. The band sounds incredible. Uh, even on uh, their last album, I think it's called Cold Heart or whatever. Uh, uh, I have it. I have it on vinyl. Oh, oh, man, that song is fucking incredible. And I always love this side of Testament, and I, I think that's something that kind of set them apart a little bit. Besides, you know, Chuck's excellent vocals, you know, that, that they can do stuff like this. And I feel they pull it off, and it doesn't sound, you know, like fucking Every Rose Has Its Thorn or something. It just sounds like a good, heavy, slow fucking song. I think they do them extremely fucking well, and this is one of them. I don't know what your problem is, but I think the ballad's a pretty fucking awesome song. Well, I think the ballad is total bullshit. I think it's this fucking lame fucking tune. And I remember when I heard, you know, when I saw it on the album, I'm going, The Ballad. Oh, this is going to be like some fast, crazy song. Because, you know, I didn't picture Testament doing a ballad. And they did. And it's like, and it's so lame. And it, I, I think the structure's horrible. I think the melody's horrible. Love it in a way. And I did it by the bay. And the video's fucking horrible. It's just like, <laughs> oh my god, stop! This is fucking bullshit. You're not supposed to do ballads. 
But I do think actually that the next album, that song, The Legacy, is amazing. That's a That's great, great, amazing ballad. And Love I think they nailed it there. And I don't think they ever nailed another mellow song. I got to listen to Cold Heart again. I don't know. I Yeah, yeah, you need to check that out. But I can tell you, man, like, you know, Return of Serenity, The Ballad. I mean, it's just grates on me. I don't like these songs whatsoever. Not even an iota of it. Nothing at all. And, and, and you like So Tired. And Shandy. Uh, I like Shandy. Yeah, but you got to admit that Shandy sucks in reality, yeah. but we like I, sucky songs. Like yeah. you like the ballad. I love the ballad. There you go. <laughs> See, we got something in common. I like Shandy that sucks, and you like ballad. That, I like So Tired that sucks, and you like the ballad that sucks. Yeah. There you go. So I hate this fucking song with a passion, but I love the next one because it's fast and furious and right to the fucking point. It's crushing start to finish. Nightmare coming back at you, right? That's the next one, right? Yes. I got my little notes here. Oh, yeah. Now, this is testament. This is the testament I know. This is the, this is them doing like a Raging Waters type song. You know, it's like, this is like the most fast and furious tune on the album where it's reminiscent of the first two albums, which is sadly missing on this album all over it. Even though there's some good tracks, it's still safe, pedestrian, not out of control where... I'm sure they were in the studio going, yo, man, we got to do a fast song. What the fuck? And they did. And not only is it fast, but it's short and I love it. And they're not known for short, fast songs. Nightmare Coming Back at You crushes. Great fucking song that they should bring back into the set list. Because I don't think it survived after this tour. What do you think? Oh, man. I'm so happy to hear you say that because I love this fucking song. And for some reason, I thought you were going to... Like well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually shocked that you like it because you usually hate Fast and Furious tunes. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, you do. Uh, no, I don't. You take that back. All right, I'll bring it up next time you hate a Fast and Furious song. All right. I love this fucking song, man. A great punchy number. Uh, it, it, it is incredible. And, uh, man, I, I mean, you kind of said everything I wanted to say about it. Short to the point, smacks you in the face. I love it. Uh, man, and you gotta think you know I was looking at today like man Testament put out like a lot of, like every year there was a new Testament you know for a long time I'd say till around the gathering they were very prolific um, yeah and, that, and then and, they just stopped cause wasn't it like a good 10 years from the gathering to the next one well I mean after the gathering you know that's when you had like you know the cancer issues and everything and you know of, of course, uh, multiple label issues. I mean, once they left Atlantic, I mean, I mean, they were always switching labels, and this was getting re-released and all this other shit. And uh, you know, and like I said, not to mention Chuck's health problems. Uh, you know, then there's a long time between that uh, after uh, Gathering. They did uh, the, the album where they had you know Zetro came back and sang some songs and shit. They re-recorded oh, some shit. First, first strike was yeah. still deadly. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and then, then you know, you had like the the reunion that lasted a little bit, you know, even though uh, Louis Clemente was only like playing a few songs, you know, because he admittedly lost a few steps, you know, he's a furniture salesman in upstate New York, doesn't really drum that much, but uh, you know, 
But I will say that the two albums that they put out after that, I, I love them. I, I think they're great. I think they stand alongside the other stuff. I know you disagree. But, uh, but man, this, this is testament through and through. And then it leads into the only song off this album that was never played live. And that is the instrumental Confusion Fusion. And I dig the shit out of this. The only thing I would say is I'm not sure about the placement. Uh, even I had no problem with this ending the record, but I, I think it would have been neat to you know to break it up in the middle of the album, and uh, you know and and have this in the middle and, and something else you know like Nightmare I think would have been a great way to end it you know just blah, blah, goodbye you know. Um, but that being said, I still have no problems with it. I think it's a great jam. What do you think? Well, I, I think you're right when it comes to, like, having Nightmare close the album would have been perfect, but I think it, it shouldn't close the album because you have shit like The Ballad and Confusing Fusion on here. I think those two should end the album, so I could have just stopped after Nightmare because oh. Confusing Fusion, <laughs> Confuse Fusion is just a waste of fucking time. I understand why it's done because I'm sure it's Alex is like, Yo, bro, I'm going to have to do some jazzy shit here or I'm out of the fucking band. I know that's all uh, Skullnick. Confusing Fusion <laughs> is all Skullnick. And let me tell you, I saw the Alex Skullnick Trio. You know what that is? Oh, yeah. I've got their albums. Actually, they played at a hotel here on Miami Beach. And when I got there, uh, I had to go back home because the place had a dress code. What? Yeah, believe it or not. I had to go home and get a suit and go back. <laughs> True story. I went to the door with my Testament shirt, <laughs> my Into the Pit shirt, holes in my jeans. You know, I look like Bon Scott. And they told me, uh, oh, you can't come in here. You have to change. Yeah, there's a dress code. I was like, well, fuck. I live like, you know, a mile away. Let me jump in my car. And I came back in a suit. All right, now can I come in? You fucked. That's but but I saw it was enjoyable. Look, I, I'm not bashing jazz. I, I, I enjoyed the Alex Skolnick trio. It was pretty cool. It was good, good evening, you know, watching some jazzy shit. I, I, I enjoy watching exceptional musicians play, even though I do not like to sit home and put on that stuff. But, you know, like Victor Wooten and shit like that. I love going to see that shit live. You know, Al Demiola, shit like that. I, I, I adore but as far as like kicking back at home and listening to it, nah, nah. I'd rather listen to fucking Nightmare coming back at you than, you know, Confusion <laughs> Fusion. If I put on a thrash album, then you better be like fucking killing is my business if you want to get fucking jazzy. Make it a hundred million miles an hour, this crazy <laughs> speed shit where there's jazz influences. Okay, fine. But if you want to just be jazz, then fucking... Join the Alex Skolnick's trio. All right? You should not play jazz with Louis Clementi on drums. It just <laughs> doesn't work. It hardly works for thrash. Imagine jazz. Jesus Christ, that's like putting Peter Chris in Dream Theater. Oh, ow. Oh, come on. Well, Peter Chris today. Okay. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I prefer Peter Chris in the 70s over... Mark Portnoy, whatever that fucking dildo's name is. 
Yeah, that's right. I called him a dildo. Wouldn't it be awesome if he tuned in and heard me say, you're a fucking dildo. I went to go watch the winery, dogs, and you were too cool to watch us. But yet, Billy Sheen, who's been in the business 100 million years longer than you, is way more talented, came out and was a nice, classy guy. Unlike you, you fucking green fucking beard son of a bitch. I'm glad you got kicked out of Dream Theater. Dumbass. So, oh. you, so you don't like Confusion Fusion? Uh, no, I don't like it. I think okay. I would. You know what? I I could be wrong, but I'm almost 100% sure. But unlike, you know, unfortunately, I was kind of like you back then. I drank a lot. But I'm pretty sure he played this. No, well. No, I'm saying Alex Golnick Trio. Oh, okay. I okay. think he played this song. I think he did. Okay. I, I believe he said on stage this was... On a Testament album, it could have been this or another one. It had to be this one. But I think there was another instrumental on New Order that was kind of jazzy as well. You remember that one? Uh, I can't think of the name, but yeah. No, that was, one was uh, more, but it was, I don't know, I enjoyed it. Anyway, so that's the end of our review. That was a quick one, but you know what? It's good. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Well, uh, this was released August 4th, 1989. The last one with a uh, Alex Perialis, who did all the albums before, uh, was their highest selling at this time, uh, due in part to videos like The Ballad and uh, the title cut. Uh, they did a tour. The one you saw, it was with uh, Alice, or Anni Annihilator? Yeah, it was, was Annihilator. It? Yeah. And Rap Child, Child America. America, yes, yes. Yeah. They were on the bill. Uh, they also, uh, they did some dates over in Europe, opening up for, I can't remember who, uh, but they were opening it, and I'd never heard of the bands before. And then they came back and they did a tour with uh, Sabotage. And uh, I, I don't know if that was a co-headline. Actually, or... actually, what it was, it was Testament, Sabotage, and Nuclear Assaults. Ah, okay. And right it came on, right and on. it came my way. Let me just say one thing. That tour came to Miami Beach. When I got there, Testament for whatever reason canceled. I don't maybe it was bus problems or something, but Sabotage and Nuclear Assault was there, which I'm a huge fan of both. But I never seen I mean, other than Pant what Pantera did to Skid Row, man, Sabotage destroyed Nuclear Assault badly. And Ruben De La Rosa that's your I cue. love that guy. That's your cue. Was there, and he can tell you the same thing I'm saying. It was a pummeling that I have never, until I saw Pan, what Pantera did to Skid Row. Man, Sabotage was so hungry and so pissed off, and they just fucking ruled. And Nuclear Assault followed them. And I love, believe me, I love Nuclear Assault. And they played well. They didn't suck, but they were no match for Sabotage. That. That band with Chris Oliva and John Oliva, forget it, man. Forget it. They were a fucking one of the greatest bands ever that so underrated. But now they're huge with, uh, what's it called? Uh, the Christmas uh, band. Trans, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Which I have yet to see live. I want to see have, that I, shit live. I, I have no, I hate I want to see Christmas it. music with a passion. Well, the thing is, like I was saying earlier, I love seeing great musicians. And oh, I do too. Paul O'Neill is part of it, who had a lot to do with Sabotage. And just to see, you know, I mean, because I'm such a big Sabotage fan, I'm glad to see that turn into such a huge thing, playing Madison Square Garden places, because now they get to see some money. And, and know, you know, they, 
they are doing some sabotage shows this summer. Yes, I heard about that in Europe. Yes. Which is great. Which What is it? It's going to be Chris Cafferty and Johnny B. Middleton, but Dr. Kildrums. Well, I, I doubt. Dude, that guy never tours with that man. But, yeah, that, I'm not I'm not sure about the rest of the lineup, but I believe it's at Bakken. Uh, um, and I don't know if that's that might be the only one. I'm not sure. Well, that's great news. I mean, I hope they film it. You know, I love Sabotage, but I mean, but, you know, I mean, without Chris, man, it's, to me, it can't, I, I don't know. There's certain bands that I'll go see, but after I see them, I can walk out and say, hey, that was great, but it wasn't like I saw Sabotage. You know, and, I, and whoever goes to see Kiss, when you walk out, you didn't just see Kiss, you know? And uh, there's a lot of bands like that, but there are exceptions. You know, if I go see ACDC, I can walk out saying, hey, I just saw ACDC. Even though I prefer Bon Scott, it's still ACDC with Brian Johnson, in my opinion. But there's certain bands that are not, and Sabotage without Chris Oliva is not Sabotage to me. It's just not. And uh, But going back to uh, Testament, uh, what else do you have on? you have any like recap things on this album? Uh, I'd just like to say I, I do love this album. And I want to, you know, thank my buddy Matt Pasenka for turning me on to it. And uh, I want to give a shout out to him because at the time we're recording this, uh, he just lost his father this week. And, oh, uh, man. My condolences, yeah. man. Yeah. And uh, I love you, brother. I'm so sorry for your loss. And uh, his dad was pretty cool. It, trust me, his dad would love this fucking podcast. Uh, not because he likes metal, but because he's usually high as fuck and he would laugh his ass off. You know, he likes and, mom and, jokes. Yeah, oh, he he loves any jokes when he's high. And uh, Larry, I hope you're smoking one up there in the sky, man. We miss you, brother. And uh, so that's about it. Let's go into our pick of the weeks. Are you prepared this week? Do you, do you have one? Would I be Ralph Vieira, Dr. Fuck, if I was prepared? Give me a break. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about one. You just talked about... Seen incredible musicians. That oh, I got enjoy. one. Oh, I got one. And and I got one. Uh, oh my God, this is three of the best musicians I've ever seen in my life, and I just saw two nights that was absolutely incredible, and that is Primus, and, and there is an incredible uh, DVD they put out called Hallucina Genetics. Uh, it's live two thousand at one of the best venues in the world, the Aragon Brawl Room in Chicago. And uh, they, they do a couple different sets. They do one set of some newer songs that they had at the time, some hits, and then they do all of Frizzle Fry uh, in its entirety. And it is just fucking mind-blowing. I mean, uh, you know, they're one of those bands like King Diamond or, uh, you know, Overkill. Some people can't get past Les's voice. Like me. Well, no, it's not really his voice. I just... Musically, I could never get into that band. Well, I'm... And I I saw him live, by the way. Uh, I'm sorry you can't get into him, man. I absolutely fucking love him. Was blown away. Uh, One of my favorite guitarists of all time is uh, fucking Lair, man. I mean, he is just amazing. used to be in Possessed. I prefer him in Uh, Possessed. Now, that was a great band. But, uh... See, and that, that's one I missed the boat on. That sounded like fucking noise to me. God, crazy. Seven churches is... Well, I, I think it's the vocals. I don't know. It just, I don't know. 
I'll, I'll try to get... I have to try seven churches. The first one I bought was Beyond the Gates. And, man, I, I uh, tried... I kept trying to force myself to listen to it, and man, I just like I don't get it. I you know, know, you know what? I I like that album, but man, like a lot of people seem to hate it. I don't know if it's because Joe Satriani produced it or what. Seven Churches is definitely the, well, the greatest I, I'd say, I, album. And admittedly, I'm not the biggest death metal guy. And they they but, invented it pretty much, man. And like you know, and then this you know, death metal people like really hate me, but like. The most death metal band I listen to the most is I fucking know. Six Feet Under. I know, and that band and, 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 and I know, hard. like all, all the fucking like true death metal fanboy. Oh no! And no, I'm not, no. and I'm not a true death metal guy, but yeah, yeah, you know, they're like, oh, played, that's the I play the show. That's the them. poison of death metal, and they hate Chris Barnes or whatever. I don't care. I I, I like it. Maybe it's because I, I don't like you, death metal. Did I ever tell you my Chris Barnes Puerto Rico story? It's a good I one. I should I share remember. it. I should share it with the audience. All right. All right. We played a festival in Puerto Rico, Thrasher Die, and uh, uh, Six Feet Under headline. And um, I was backstage, and, and Chris Barnes, after the show, was super pissed because somebody stole his little weed kit. He had this little box, and it said CB. Like, somebody gave it to him. It wasn't like he's so pompous he put his initials on it. And it held his weed and his little pipe and all that shit, you know? And somebody stole it backstage, and he was super pissed off. Anyway, I go back to the hotel, and there were several bands that played that festival. So I'm not going to mention which band it was, but I was hanging out with one of those bands getting drunk, and he, he was one of the members stole it, and he was like proud of it. He's like, "Hey, who wants to smoke Chris Barnes's weed?" And you know, unfortunately, because I work for the city, I couldn't. But everybody else did, and uh, everybody had a good laugh at the expense of Chris Barnes. That's and, fucked up, man. You don't steal a man's weed. Hey, man, I didn't do it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I think that's fucked up, though. Really? You, know? you think it's fucked up? How about if it was if it was stolen and said SH on it and it belonged to Sammy Agar? Oh. Yeah, oh. Oh. I, I said it's not nice to steal a man's weed. I didn't oh, say that, nothing about that Bette Midler fucking Damn, I hate when you get me, bro. <laughs> you got me good on that one. Well, I, either way, that's my Chris Barnes Puerto Rico story. And, uh, oh, yeah, and he doesn't headbang in unison, and he's weird. But I love uh, I love that old cannibal stuff he was on. I love Butcher at Birth and, uh, what is it, uh, Hammer Smash Face? Yeah. That's great stuff, man. So, you know, I like, but I, and believe me, Six Feet Under, when that album came out, the one with the Leviathan, I think it's that first yeah. album. I went out and bought it. I was like, yeah. oh, let me check oh, it out. Oh, Lycanthropy? Lycanthropy. That's uh, the first under- one, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, Under the Black Sky or whatever. It was like, I love that shit. (laughs) Yeah, I just can't get into it. But, you know, again, I don't profess to be a death metal person because my my death metal, um, uh, the stuff that I love that death metal pretty much died after, like, uh, after Domination from Morbid Angel. There hasn't been really anything that's really grabbed me, other than one song that not a lot of, not, one band that was short-lived, that I would make my pick of the week. But our audience is not into death metal. But I'll just mention them anyway. There was a band called Ebony Tears that just came and went, and I really liked that band. They were death metal. But other than that, I never heard any death metal other than, you know, the Inception. Because I'm a big fan of my favorite death metal band by far is Morbid Angel. Forget it. To me. Their first, uh, all the way up to Domination, to me, is flawless. Um, 
Then I like Obituary, the first couple Obituary albums. Uh, Death, of course. Um, uh, oh, I love this band called Grave. Um, this ain't a death metal show, but I'm just giving you my love for death metal stems from the early exception. Possessed. You know, shit like that. You know, that's like my favorite death metal. So I kind of like lost. And I really hate like today's modern death metal melodic death metal or that burpee type of death metal like, burp, 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 burp. there's burpee burp, yeah burp that, death metal. yeah dude those vocals it's called like burpee vocals like well, as much as i burp in the show man i i think if i ever lose the gig in the john cafferty band i might, I might join a death metal yeah band. you should yeah just drink and burp you know that's what this band <laughs> sound like man they're I just can't get into it. But then again, I'm old, you know. I'm getting up there in age that, you know, I just saw something on Facebook the other day that said uh, that after people's turn 33, they stop listening yeah, to new music. Yeah, I saw that. I'm not like that, but I guess some things are catching up because there's another band. Look, and I know I'm going to get shit from this from the, the, the brutal out there, but I really can't stand Dying Fetus. And that, that band's very popular. Yeah, I, mean, I don't like. I, I don't like. Uh, what's that? Amon Marth? I think that's garbage. I, I didn't mind earlier Amon Marth stuff, but it's uh, kind of like Viking metal, not really death metal. Yeah, and, and most of that Norwegian fucking shit, I, I really can't stand. Well, that's black metal stuff. Yeah, oh, I mean Norway, yeah. the Norway stuff. Yeah, which, which again, no, uh, black metal, another subject. People are listening in. I'm not the biggest fan of black metal, but goddamn, do I love Immortal? Immortal is fucking awesome. And they just recently broke up, and it broke my heart because I, I, I would love to see Immortal live, and I don't think unless they, if they reform, I don't think I'll ever get to see them live. But Immortal, I love. I, I, I do love different segments of uh, heavy metal, but I mean metal in general. But man, to me, man, when it comes to metal, bro, traditional metal all the way. Then yeah, or or as we were informed, uh, dad metal. Dad <laughs> metal, yeah, dad, dad metal. metal. <laughs> Fuck, dad metal rules, dude. I remember when I was a kid, I wasn't liking no dad music, and now you know that we're like you know long in the tooth. You have all these young guys into dad metal because let me tell you, when I went to go see Judas Priest, I mean over half that audience was young, you know. So put that in your put that in your like uh, we call that. Uh, inhaler and smoker all right well anyway we totally got off my pick but uh check out the primus dvd (laughs) if if you like them you won't be disappointed what's your pick of the week brother my pick of the week is uh a band that i'm not really like the biggest fan of uh but yeah and i ain't even gonna pick my favorite album from them my favorite album from them is an album called burnt offerings and i'm talking about the band called iced earth which that album I highly recommend, but I'm not gonna pick that one because, see, uh, everybody, 95% or 99% of Ice Earth fans I've met all claim that um, Matt Barlow is the best singer for Ice Earth. Oh, they love some Matt Barlow. Everybody loves the Matt Barlow. And I love Matt Barlow. Don't get me wrong, I love it. But to me, it's all about Ripper, bro. Glorious Burden is my pick of the week, Iced Earth. Fucking goddamn that album rules from beginning. I, mean, I gotta check out some Iced Earth. I mean, I've heard a couple things, but I just it ain't well, bit shit. me yet. I mean, you I like, need to get into it. 
You like Maiden. You would love Iced Earth, you know? Oh, yeah, no, I just, I mean, I gotta, I gotta set time aside. You know, I'm past the 33. It's hard for me to listen to new shit. Well, I gotta... li- listen to Burn Offerings. <laughs> Put on Burn Offerings. Okay, we'll do. I got them all. I gotta check it out. Uh, the song Dante's Inferno. And also, right, there's I'm... another song from the Dark Saga called Violate. You gotta hey, check rock. out that song. Another great song, great album, like, probably my second favorite great album from them was, um, Something Wicked. Great fucking album, but this ain't about Matt Bardo. Uh, to me, it's about Ripper, man. The Glorious Burden, and I saw this tour. I thought he did a better job on the Matt Barlow shit live. Yeah, yeah, I know. I hear you guys out there going nuts, but it's true. The one thing I will say that perplexes me a lot, how everybody says Matt Barlow sounds just like Paul Stanley. I don't hear it. And you know what? I sir did a cover of Creatures of the Night. And it does, still doesn't sound like fucking Paul Stanley to me. You know who sounds like Paul Stanley? Dizzy Dean Davidson. A long way to love. Who's that? Brittany Fox, bitch. Oh, fuck. How would I know that? Come on. Oh, you know you know it. Dizzy. That's his name? Dizzy? Dizzy Dean Davidson. <laughs> Dizzy Dean Davidson? DDD. Oh, I, miss, I miss the 80s. Oh, <laughs> That's God. 3D, bitches. That's 3D, yeah. <laughs> Long way to love. I think I remember that. Wasn't that like they had a video for that one? Yeah, it was the one before girls' school. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I but, remember. But uh, so there you go. Check out some Primus and some Iced Earth. Yeah, Glorious uh, Burden, Ripper Owens, Tim yeah. Ripper Owens rules. And buy that shit using our Amazon link. So now let's get to our fan of the week. I'm pretty sure he hasn't been a fan yet. I'll tell you, here's here's something. I think I need. If you're on Facebook, and all our fans that we are on Facebook, man, send me some messages and let me know if you have or haven't been fan of the week, because, man, I drink a fucking lot, and, you know, we're getting long in the tooth on these episodes. But uh, I'm not sure if I picked Chris Bazemore. Bazemore? Bazemore? I don't think you have. Uh, uh, well, man, that's a good dude. That's a good dude. He's been around for a long time now. Always got some good posts. Always got some good insight. Uh... And, man, he's there all the time. Very important, man. Very active on the page. And, uh, hey, welcome to Fan of the Week. If, if you haven't been here and if, if you already did pick you, well, enjoy it again, brother, because you definitely earned it. So, Chris Bazmore, Bazmore, you are the Fan of the Week. All right. So, uh, Chris, uh, email um, Ian, and, le- and he'll let you know where to send that money. Because <laughs> all Fans of the Week pays us. They do? Well, it pays me. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, all right. Let's get some shit out of the way real quick, and then we'll oh, wait, get to wait, some wait, music. But I, what do you I, say? I have a fan of the week. Oh, you do? Can I have a fan of the week? I've done yeah. this before, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice to see you get involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my fan of the week is me. I listen to the show all the time. I edit it, <laughs> and I love it. I love uh, my favorite part is, like, me. And uh, I love me, and I think I'm a better singer than Chuck Billy. And uh, oh lord, and uh, yeah, that and the other thing. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists, and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, 
to series such as Ultra Sexy Classic Album Series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Listen to the rock show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, Gully G U W L Y A N D J O A dot UK. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. Hey, rock music fans. This is Terrence Reardon of the Terrence Reardon and Friends Audiovisual Podcast. Join yours truly as I look every week at a different classic rock or metal album that had a major impact on my life. And I'm usually joined by a friend or two or ten. And we talk about nothing but great classic rock and metal. And there's no country or Sammy Hagar or rap on the fucking show. That shit is frowned upon with yours truly. So if you want a great classic rock audiovisual podcast, tune on in to the Terrence Reardon and Friends audiovisual podcast. New episodes every Monday exclusively on YouTube. Tired of your long commute and boring work day? Well, join Brian Davis and his gang of movie buffs as they talk about a different movie subject every week on Damn Good Movie Memories. We discuss movie themes like our favorite movie villains, favorite soundtracks, and worst movie remakes, and much more. Check us out on iTunes and Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. All right, Kiss Army. Since 2007... You've been getting podkissed, the Kiss Audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podkissed. Every month, the podkissed crew, along with the Kiss Room, brings you Kiss Talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great Kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkissed. The Podkissed. The KISS Audio fanzine for your ears. Alright, this is the Ayatollah of Alcoholic, Ian Wadley, and I want you to listen to my brand new radio show, Wadzilla World, where I cover every era of fucking music that I like, and a few that you like too. Check me out every Saturday. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on Soundphoria.com. I'll see you there. Hey, this is DJ Mac. I want to let you guys know about the podcast with my co-host DJ Metal Mike. Mind Over Metal. You can find us at MindOverMetalPodcast.com. We're also on Spreaker, iTunes, Podbean, and uh, just about everywhere else you get your fucking podcast from. Oh, yeah, and we're also on uh, YouTube. So check us out for the best in heavy metal and hard rock music news, discussion and reviews. That's the Mind Over Metal podcast. Download it, subscribe to it today. Hey, headbangers, you want your own radio show? Well, you got it. On Thursday nights here on that metal station, join me on the Dr. Fuck Show. Go in the chat room and I will make you my co-host. That's right. Everybody that joins me in the chat room, I discuss whatever you guys want to talk about. I'll mention your name. I'll say what you say. And we're going to go back and forth. And I'll even fucking play whatever request you want. Unless it sucks, then I ain't playing it. Because my show rules. And only songs that rule is allowed. 
right here on that metal station. The Dr. Fuck Show airs live Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. Then they repeat it on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern. Hope to see you there. Well, no, no, fuck that hope. I better see you there, motherfucker. Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault, featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes, or wherever you download your podcast. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sim Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addict, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. All right, that brings an end to another episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. But as always, Ian's here to give you the 411 of next week. What's up? Oh, man, you like this shit? Wait till next week when TV's Barbara Walters comes here to interview us, tries to make us cry. Awesome. While while we review creators' pleasure to kill. Oh, man. That's next week on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. I'm definitely bringing tissue for that. You should. Not for crying. I I, I think she's very attractive. <laughs>